Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Farig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Farig is you can customize it, customize it all with whatever you want. Uh, check them out at bigfarig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfarig. Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films. So they do videography and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on glorivisuals.com. Next up, Other Grass Outfitters. They specialize in dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video of Dive Bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Crager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org. Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cut Down Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off. Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru, owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupuru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043. Last one up and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, you might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at... 402-630-0031. With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them, and let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Baker and Hunters podcast. Today it's Hunter and Jeremy. How are we doing, Jeremy? Oh, doing pretty good. Hunting season's coming, so the, uh, the joy is coming back in my eyes a little bit day after <laughs> <Joy>. day. <laughs> Been working uh, like a dog, so the the joy is here. I I was talking about it with my boss the other day, and I was just being honest with him. I said, like. Just being honest, like my mental health with work and everything that's been happening is just uh, supply issues. What I've talked about on the show before, but like it's just taken a toll, and I uh-huh. I've just struggled because I struggle. And I talked about my wife about this. It's like I need to find something during the summer because I'm just not a fishing guy, and I got to be honest with myself about that. Yeah. So I got to find something else to get me level headed. But like for this year, it used to be golf. And the last couple of weeks I played golf and I think that's going to be something I get back into next year. But yeah. like I need, I need to shoot something. <laughs> I, th- this summer I did a, we did a trap league. Oh, you should join our trap league next year. Actually. I would gladly do that. Yeah. Actually we, we only had, I didn't think about you. We had nine and we needed 10 technically. Sick, sick invite. I, I actually would have loved that. I'm really sorry. It's okay, buddy. I didn't even Speaking of sport or trap shooting, sporting clays, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but Saturday, I think Shay and I are going to go out to BD Outdoors. For people who don't know, BD Outdoors is a pheasant uh, hunt club. I, a lot of times I take my, my work clients out there just to do them, you know, take them out for a guided hunt, show them a good time. But he built a new lodge and he has all new land. And I guess now he has a uh, sporting clays. So I think Saturday. So for people listening, you're probably passing this, but um, he's doing sporting clays, and I think he's got food and drink out there, just kind of a 
a welcome event from my understanding. So <laughs> if you want to go, let me know. Hey, yeah, I might. But next year I need to do some trap. That would be yeah, fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll remember you. We were, we were going to do a fall league uh, or a fall team, but man, we have too many trips planned this fall. I yeah. can't, I just can't even, I can't even wrap my brain around all the trips I have. Like, well, I, I understand that. Oh. I, this year we, I guess I did kind of, de- I played sand volleyball. We've always done that. It's a good time, but it's not hunting by any means, but trips, what do you got playing? Oh, geez. I mean, I'm just, right now the big one I'm looking forward to is my October elk hunt. Oof. I'm so ready for that. I mean, I guess in two weeks I'm leaving for what Northwest Nebraska with Terrell's dad. He's got a cow tag for the early season. Hmm. We're pretty pumped for that one. We got a picture from the landowner the other day. Last year we hunted a herd of 84, and it's over 100 now. Poor poor guy. He can't get rid of them. He, he, <laughs> I mean, he hunts, so he loves them, but at yeah. the same time, he complains with the game of parks. It's like, I'm feeding an extra 84 head of cattle every year because he, he runs cattle, Yeah, and he just can't get enough people in there to shoot them. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to get a tag and just go with you. Hey, I'll tell you what unit to apply for next year. Apparently, if you do the early season cow tag, it is, like, really easy to get. Huh. So, I would love to do that. That'd be great. Yeah, next was, next uh, spring, I'll we'll get you to apply. I was talking to my dad about, so he's got that bull tag. Yeah. And he's, man, he's, like, a little giddy girl. I've never. I, I would be, too. I'm, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen my dad this excited about anything. Like, really, my dad's just a very, like, you know me. I'm sort of stoic. A little bit. But, like, my dad is to another degree, really? like, stoic. And, like, he just, I've just never seen it exciting about anything. Uh-huh. But he's been picking up a lot of land because he's pretty good buddies with the game warden. And, uh, he, I mean, there's just a lot of those people that said, you know, I'm having issues. Like, can you help me out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, he, you know, if anybody that's a good hunter that, you know, is ethical, can you bring him in? And so, I apparently he got one of the best pieces of land. The game warden never thought that there'd be like, like elk there. He's yeah. like, I know there's big elk there. I've seen them there. Like he showed me pictures, and I guess no one has ever hunted this land. Really? Like no one's ever touched oh, it. Oh, I would love to throw a bugle through that place. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You gotta, so you gotta let me know when you you're going. Because if I can squeeze out there, I'd come out with you. He, I think he's going out, or he's starting the 21st. I'm trying to figure out when exactly I'm supposed to do it because um, I'm trying to think, like, the 21st the 21st is, like, in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard because it's, like, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday at the end of the week, but it's, like, the 20, uh, 25th or 26th I got to take photos with my mm-hmm. wife for faithful images. Hey, if you're... Looking for some photos. <laughs> uh, message about faithful images. We do still have some openings this winter time. She's pretty ba- jam packed, but our books are open for 2022 or yeah, 2022. It's coming up quick, so better get on the books. So we'll peep in there. It's but already, it's already almost September. It's crazy. Can't believe man. It. That's all right. September getting here really quickly, it's and then day. everything can slow down. Yeah, right. <laughs> So today, uh, just talking about trips, um, kind of getting back to what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about teal tips. So teal hunting is, it has slowly grown to be one of my favorite Absolute styles of favorite. hunting. Has been for years. I mean, I know I like to hunt big ducks. There's nothing like watching yeah. a group of mallards just do it right. Or shooting a pintail or I love widgeon. I really yeah. do. But teal, oh. I don't. They are so fun. I because it's what I started with. Yeah, and from from the get go. Yeah, they're just so fun to shoot. I just love teal because you have to put you put in the least amount of effort for like the greatest reward. Yeah, like you don't have to do much, but yet your your chances of killing them are very good. Sounds like we're really lazy, but I'm just saying, like. You got to win some sometimes. No, you you can be... I have had Teal try and land on me while I'm standing in the decoys. Like, they, especially in Nebraska, we're the first 
Well, actually, Minnesota has a teal season this year. Oh, gotcha. So we won't be the... I think they start the same weekend as us. Oh, gotcha. Um, But in Nebraska, we're the first state, because North Dakota, North South Dakota, right? I don't don't think so. I think they just start in their big duck season, and it's open. Yeah. Um, We're the first state. So admittedly, we get a lot of stupid, dumb, little birds. Yeah. it's just, it's incredible. So it like, is fun. And nothing just, I'm all giddy just thinking about it. I really <laughs> am. Like, Hunter can see it, but I'm just like grinning ear to ear right now. Um, my favorite part is just 10 minutes before shooting like that. Yeah. Nothing flying over your head. Just sound like a jet plane going over. Oh, it's, oh. You're. <laughs> yeah, this is just the, yeah, them laughing at you in the marsh. Oh. Like let's oh. just let's just give it an hour see who's laughing then. Yeah. Like we know how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my big thing about like teal hunting is like it's just it's it is the entrance into waterfowl season mm-hmm. and like you're gonna get beat up all season. Like I, I feel like I always have a a decent teal season. Like big big duck can go either way. Yeah, I will usually have a decent Canada season, and then you just get owned by snow geese. <laughs> like I love snow goose hunting, but I get we like every year I finish up snow goose thinking like, like do I invest another thousand dollars into decoys or do like I just quit because this <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> but like you go back every season, like yeah, let's yeah. go snow goose hunting. Like it's just but teal season is one of those things. Okay, new hunters. Like you get your grandpa side by or side by side shotgun, you buy like a twelve pack of like teal decoys for like seventy bucks. Maybe a spinner or two. Doesn't even have to be teal decoys. Like go, spinner or two. Go to Craigslist and buy the most ugliest looking old mallard decoys you can find, <laughs> and I promise you, you will kill teal. Yeah. Put them out in a pool. <laughs> you will like, kill teal. <laughs> like you will f- if you even least, like sign- find some like somewhere, like it's just minimum effort. Minimum effort. So starting this off, teal the reason why teal are so dumb and they're so easy to kill is because their kill off rate each year is like forty percent. So yeah. like four out of ten of those ducks that you're teal you're hunting are they've never seen a decoy they've never seen a spinner they've never seen people they have no idea what's going on and then 60 percent of those de- like teal haven't they haven't even really been hunted in like six months mm-hmm. so they have no idea what's going on well and they have they also have the highest reproductive rate yeah. of all the ducks i mean a, a hen teal will have like four broods a year or something like that that's crazy um i mean that's and that's why like when you see a flock of like thirty uh, blue wings, yeah, there may be one adult in that group, probably, and the rest of them are juveniles. I mean, there's just so many of them, and everything. I mean, he's absolutely right. Four four out of ten are likely, whether it's from hunters or predators. Everything wants teal. Yeah, they're <laughs> small duck. They're easy taken. Yeah, they're pretty dumb. They, t- they taste pretty good too. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll jump into the episode. Teal tips. We're gonna start off with safety. All right, buddy, you're the public land man. Let's roll the safety. <laughs> oh, public land safety. Always know where your people are. Uh, if like so, to start off like if you're a new hunter and you're getting out there, I like we get so giddy, and that's the reason we're so excited because. The amount of ducks, the craziness, the chaos, everything is just so exciting from uh-huh. the moment you get started and get out there to the moment it ends. So that excitement is fantastic. The chaos is awesome. It's all a good thing. It's all positive. The thing that you really got to watch out for is don't let the chaos overtake you. Exactly. You can ha- you can enjoy your moment, the moment of the hunt, but you can't let it get to the point where you're going to start doing stupid things. So... Not only know where, like, the people in your group are. I mean, <clears throat> teal season's usually so different than, like, big duck season. You're not setting up a blind, yep. and you're not sitting right next to your buddies and having, like, super easy, clear shooting lanes. I mean, I've had years where the group has been, like, there's 10 feet in between each shooter, and so you've got really big lanes, and the birds are so fast 
you can, I mean, if you're not watching your lane, you can turn into somebody else's lane really quick. Yeah. Um, and if you're hunting public land, I mean, everybody deal hunts and especially Nebraska and Kansas, those two States, most people will, um, talk about teal the way we are right now. They love it. It's so fun. You can get eight buddies even sometimes. I mean, I've been on, I don't like to do it, but I've been on those group hunts where there's like eight or nine of us. Yeah. And we still have a fantastic day because there's so many of them. They're so dumb. So it, it it's basically a giant buddy hunt. And if yeah. you have a giant marsh, like for, I would never do this. Maybe other people would say different. You could not convince me to hunt Cheyenne Bottoms. Hmm. I would do it. Really? Just once. I don't know that I'd really like. Maybe it could do it once, but there's so many people. Yeah. I just don't think I could do it. Like, and that, that's saying something because some of the marshes around here I have gotten in and there's been like six or seven groups on a 300 acre marsh. Yeah. And like, that's, that's quite a, I mean, that's a decent amount. I, I like get away from people, so I don't really get very often. There's a marsh. Around our area that gets hunted like crazy because all the college kids end up there. And, man, I heard last year they, I think there was eight or nine groups out there. And that was, I mean, this this last year there was hardly any water out there. And still there was eight or nine groups out there. The spot that I hunted for opening day, opening weekend last season, on opening day there was six groups. Six groups. And... But, I mean, it, we were really well spread out. But I know for a fact on that marsh that I have pulled through it uh, on other opening days and literally left. I went and found something else because huh. there was so many people there. So, I, I Was it Saturday we hunted private? And then Sunday, Sunday we went public with a buddy, just him and I. And it was just us and then a guy with some kids. Sunday, was Sunday wasn't as bad because they decided... I think it was, yeah, Sunday wasn't as bad because it was opening day. Uh, it was NFL's first week, and everybody was just excited about sports again. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. That and, and Husker, Husker weekend always opens up Labor Day. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, so Sunday wasn't as bad. There was only like three groups on Sunday. Hmm. But that that's a three groups on that marsh, awesome. It was perfect because you shoot – I mean, I know sometimes it sucks to have people shoot while you're hunting and maybe working birds, but birds were just bouncing back and forth. It was perfect. So, I mean, the nice thing with teal, I would say, is that it is nice when they do have, if you got a big marsh, you got multiple groups because then they bounce birds. They don't just stack up in one little corner in the marsh. It keeps them rolling around, which is nice because, like, the private spot we hunted, there's, like, two or three pools out in a cornfield. And then there's the pond we were hunting. If there wasn't guys hunting at those pools out in that cornfield, like we'd get some, but it wouldn't be to the extent of like if, you know, when guys were out there because they're bouncing off of there. Yeah. So it's really nice. But so safety wise, just keep vigilant on your shooting lanes. If you're a new hunter, just know that teal don't work like big ducks. Big ducks, they're very singular like they move in a singular direction it's very clear on what they're planning on doing like there just isn't there the tension and the excitement's all there but it's usually a little clear teal all your butts all your bets are off like yeah it just does not make any sense i've seen teal do the opposite of what the wind is doing i've seen them come over your head and just drop so so like last year for instance so i and my buddy went out the guys picked where we hunted. I actually it was Monday. Was it Monday? So we hunted on Sunday. Shot limits. Monday came back. The guy came with the kids. There wasn't anybody on Sunday. I take that back. So Monday we came back, and the guy showed up with his kids. I said, "This is where we went. You're gonna shoot a limit. Go here, because you're with kids. I want you to have a good time." I said, "There's another pool back here. I'm gonna hunt back here, away away from you guys. That way we stay safe, and you guys have a good time." And I know we were gonna kill some birds. Get back there, and I kid you not, it's like the edge of the levee, and, like, there's a puddle of water. But I saw a duck lady back there. Mm-hmm. So, like, we literally just laid on the side of the levee. <laughs> like, just quite literally laid on the side of the levee, 
and I think we still shot like 10, 10 teal. Fuck. And but like yeah. those teal would come, like they were gonna land and then go like right over us, and like crazy story. So there was a hen mallard that kept jacking around, and you could tell she had been probably bred, you know, in that area or pond or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like I quite like literally almost caught that duck. Really? Yeah, I called it and kept oh. calling it. Like it just kept floating. And, like, I went to jump up, and as soon as I, like, went to go grab its foot, Nala, like, broke a second earlier, and it went off. And I was like, I wasn't going to hurt it by any means. I just want to see if I could catch it and then release it, you know? A little different, but <laughs> our our Sunday hunt from opening teal last year, Micah was this far from catching a teal out of the <laughs> air that he had shot. Oh, my. We have been dreaming about something like that for years. Yeah. Uh that's and incredible. he would, we, at the beginning of the day of that weekend too, <laughs> we all said that, and if you watch football, um, anybody who does, you're probably familiar with o- Odell Beckham yep. Jr. Yep. Um, and we all b- pretty much made a pact that if we had an opportunity, <laughs> we were going to go football on Odell if it was anywhere close to us. And he dropped the ball so hard. <laughs> it's on video. Uh, I forget the name of that hunt, but it's my second teal hunt of the year. And we just are like, <laughs> Trell is just like so close. He's, we were all freaking out. But, oh man. Uh, going back to the safety a little bit, because um, we were talking about dogs in the last podcast, people who potentially don't work their dogs like you do every single day day or try to get them in tip-top shape if you're a new hunter or even a regular hunter some of those dogs the first hunt they're gonna break and when you got 30 teal and the decoys that just sit down yeah good luck yeah good luck keeping it i mean i i I don't want to be that way but it's the truth like it's good luck keeping that dog still i mean i have one of my buddies john his dog Great dog, love to hunt, but he broke a lot, and yep. I, I, I can't lie, I, I almost shot that, like not like pulled the trigger full blown, but like if I had, yep. I mean, you got to be watching for that, yep, because the dogs in the first couple hunts until they get it all figured out, there's a good chance they're gonna break once or twice, yeah, and if sometimes you, more if it's not a well trained dog. If you got a new puppy and you're super excited for the dog to be out there, and I, I get it. I had the same thoughts last year, so I understand where you're coming from. Just just know that if you're hunting public opening day teal, I'm just going to be real with you. It's probably not the best choice. and just You don't know how the dogs are going to react unless, I mean, I we talked about dove op- or dove uh, opening dove season. If you be able to get a, like through a couple dove hunts, that's great. But I also, even if you do that, know that you got thirty teal in the decoys. Even the best dogs, like mm-hmm. even the best dogs that have been trained well, like struggle because it's just such close quarters. So if you got eight or ten buddies and you're super excited and you got this whole batch of teal in this marsh, like might want to rethink like i'm not i'm not telling you what to do but you might want to think that over yeah that or if you really want your dog to go out find a place you and like one of your best buddies yep and it's a small little marsh that you're not going to shoot a limit but you might shoot a few birds but it's just going to be you guys like i in the rain basin where we tend to hunt like it's not a secret in nebraska where a lot of people like to hunt. <laughs> I'm not exposing anything, so if anybody wants to crucify me, for, yeah, <laughs> go for it. But I'm I'm not going to feel bad. <laughs> um, uh, there are spots. There's small holes that are just little puddles. But yep. teal. That's the other thing about teal. They'll sit in. I mean, they like to sit in like six inches of water. Yeah. I mean, they're the definition of a dabbler duck. That so that Monday that we hunted, that water quite literally like it, it didn't even cover the top of my boot on my waders. Like that not even like half of my boot. So like I don't even know if it was more than two inches of water, Dang. but they loved it. <laughs> like my decoys wouldn't even float. I just this is what happened. We got there, it's like shooting time. Because Greg made us late. He forgot his licenses. Oh, so we're no. in this disaster. And like we get out there and like I'm not supposed to say this on the podcast because I'm supposed to be good, but I was like, F it. 
Just throw the decoys. We're going to see what happens. Put out two <laughs> spinners. So I, I put these spinners out about 30 yards from us. So the way I knew they were going to come in, they go out and then come through those teal or those two spinners. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time they got through those spinners and figure out, oh, crap, they're laying there, they lost. Yeah. And that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> they but, lost. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did not get from that whole thing was, and I didn't think this through at the time, but when they came through those spinners, it wasn't just stop. It was, oh, crap, they see us, they kept going. So, like, most of our shots were, like, coming straight oh, at us. No. <laughs> so, like, I was fine, you know. It, I've shot ducks enough to, like, be fine with that. But Greg was, like, really struggling because yeah. he was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it was pretty wicked. But it was a fun hunt. But going back to the dog thing, I wasn't going to bring her out opening day teal to the private spot until uh jared i just said hey i don't know if she's ready for that he's like no like bring her so are you sure and she's like yeah just bring her along she'll be fine she she had a pretty good hunt she actually it's on my youtube so if you guys want to check that out and see how it went and see how you know your dog might react i mean she had some struggles she broke a little bit like there were some issues so yeah and i i would say through covid like, I worked from home because I got sent home and worked from home. I worked with her probably two, three times a day for from when she was about six months until about opening day teal. So, like, I'm no professional trainer, but, like, we spent a lot of time and even, like, she struggled. So, I'm just saying out of experience, just just be safe. Just be safe. So, I think that kind of figures up safety for the most part, you think? I don't have anything else that I can think of. But yeah. Just just be courteous to yourself, to oh. your to people. You, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a safety thing. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's looking out for other ducks. We'll just make that its own kind of situation. Yeah. Finish out safety if you've got something else. Uh, be courteous to other hunters. There are going to be a lot of hunters around. So the more you can work with people, the better. The more that you can work with people, you can create relationships for the rest of the season. Also, just like, just be nice. You yeah. know, there's always going to be those guys, but I've like it's met, for everybody. I've met jerks. I've met nice people. I've met drunk people. I've met sober people. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to run into yeah in the marshes and uh if you get into a situation where you feel like you're gonna have a problem either call the game warden or just go find another place i mean one thing that's great about teal hunting that i have found even though it may not produce a fantastic day and yeah if you got five or six of your closest buddies it kind of sucks but you can just about go anywhere to any body of water and you'll see at least a few i would say yeah they're gonna there's gonna be a couple there you may not shoot limits or you may stumble against uh across a like gold mine that you didn't know about yeah so yeah i think that I, that finishes up for safety yeah go ahead and finish your thought oh my thought was uh teal season in all states um they're just they're extras. They don't they don't hold against our big duck seasons and they also can be taken away really easily. And why is that? When people shoot too many sh- shoot too many big ducks during teal season. Yep. It happens. I know people that have done it. I know people that have gotten tickets for it. I know people who haven't gotten tickets for it. I mean, uh, <laughs> stuff does happen, but identify your ducks. If you don't know your ducks, let the teal sit in the decoys because they're going to sit in the decoys. Absolutely. Oh, are they going to sit in the decoys? And even if you get a lot that are flying by the decoys, trust me, if there's a bunch of birds in the area, you will get six birds that will sit in the decoys for you Yep, that you can identify. Um, the big one, the big two, actually, that you have to really generally look out for um, is wood ducks. Because juvenile wood ducks, especially early in the morning, they look really similar. Really, really similar. Uh, If you can't see them well enough, usually what I look for, the wood ducks, even as juveniles, they will have, it'll look like they have a mullet. Um, I mean, and their beaks are pretty similar. So it's like 
teal have that really particular beak style just kind of short and uh, kind of looks like just a smaller version of the mallard yeah um but wood ducks are hard because it's similar but look for that mullet looking head yep um the other one that is hard in flight not so much on the water is your spoonbill spoonie old hollywood oh yeah as juveniles they look like blue winged teal yeah you cut that beak off you'll never know the difference i haven't really ran into too many of them but i've seen i mean i've seen other people do it yeah, I can't say I have, but I I haven't really ran into that problem. Usually, it's wood ducks for me. What is um, it? What is it? Seven year rule. My first year teal hunting was really new to the sport. We had a flock of like forty come in, and we dropped like seven. I think I shot two. Yeah, because we let them at that point. We let them hit the water. We had like six or seven guys, and so we just picked our lanes and. I li- I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, this is one of my very first duck hunts, period. I pick up the two ducks I shot. I literally went, my buddy Tyler, who's the one who taught me how to duck hunt. I was like, so Tyler, do teal just have different bills or something like that? Uh-oh. <laughs> and sure enough, I'd, I'd shot a, I'd shot a Spoonie. And, oh, and he, and he, Yeah, and he was just like, oh, would you look at that? Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess lucky for me, I didn't run into a game warden that day. And yeah. if I had, you know, be honest. Best allegedly. Thing, allegedly, you shot a spoon dough. Allegedly. If perhaps that had happened and I had run into a game warden, uh, you know, could have been. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't keep it or anything like that. I had uh, I had a good ex- or I had an experience with Greg last year on that Sunday. He had never hunted before. First time out, he's so excited. He's all ramped up. We get out there, throw the decoys, sitting down there like like you explained the teal are flying in, whoosh, whoosh, mm. back, 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 and everything. He's just wound up. And next thing you know, you see this huge flock like thirty dump in in our spot and just sitting there and. You just hear this. I'm like, oh, boy. And you could hear all of them messing around. I'm like, it it was shooting time. It was Uh five minutes past shooting time, but it was still dark. And I couldn't tell everything that was there. And I'm like, dude, if I let him rip into this group, you know that Mallard's dead. And so uh, if if you are at all worried about what is sitting there, don't shoot. I mean, I've got on video from a couple years ago. We have a group of like six or seven teal just dump on the decoys, and they were they must have all been adults because they were some of the biggest teal I'd ever seen. Hmm. And I just was like, they were like, I mean, they were cupped coming right in. We were all about to raise up, and I was like, no, 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 big ducks, big ducks, and let them sit on the water. I took another look at them. I was like, no, they are teal, and so hmm. we got up and we did the whole deal. But yeah, you got to. You got to look for them. I think one of the craziest stories I've ever heard two years ago, um, I was talking to a game warden and the marsh over from us, some guy shot two redheads. Really? He shot two redheads and then tried to tell the game warden they were cinnamon teal. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) wow. And first of all, I mean, anybody who shot a redhead, it's a gray body. That time of year, it still had a really brown black head. It didn't. It wasn't red. They were drakes, but they weren't red yet. And it looks nothing like a teal. It's like twice the size of a teal, even. Doesn't fly like a teal. Doesn't fly like a teal. Doesn't land like a teal. Uh, Yeah, so I guess, I mean, just really look at your birds. If you're bad at identifying birds, hunt with somebody who identifies them well. Let them sit on the water. Really look at them. Um, I mean... Don't get me wrong. I would say during teal season, 90, 95% of the birds that you're going to see are going to be teal. Um, but you don't want to be wrong. Here's another good thing. Go to Huntfish365, hit subscribe, and watch his teal hunting videos because you'll figure out their flight patterns, the way they kind of fly. Um, it, it just gives you a lot of insight on what the actual hunt is about because 
you go to Hunt Fishery 6.5, you'll find an ethical hunter that... Hey, we try. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, goes and shoots. And that, and that just gives you a little, uh, little discovery into what you're going to be seeing. So I think that's a good way to use aim yep. people towards good guys that can hunt. So I think that kind of finishes it up. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so next one. It's going to be shot size. Um, now, choke... Choke and then shot size. So we got a twelve gauge. There's you can use a twelve gauge, a twenty gauge. A, I don't know. If, I don't really know anybody that uses sixteen, but a twenty eight, twenty twenty six, twenty twenty eight, twenty eight. So basically, any, anything will work. Um, on the nice, that's the nice part about teal is kind of anything works, and they're not really very hard to knock down. No. Um, shot size for me, I use my twelve gauge. Um, I use a two and three quarter six. Now you can use anywhere from like seven and a half, seven, six. I think the biggest I would go is fours. Yeah, I generally use, I like to use sixes. I usually, I, for the longest time, I used the low brass sixes and steel. I mean, they pretty much were small dove loads. Yep. Um, and I'll tell you what, even for a low brass shell, they, they killed teal easy. Hmm. Um, but I, it's something about fours. I just really like them. I like to use sixes, but sometimes they're hard to find. And now I do prefer them in high brass. Yeah. I keep wanting to try that heavy teal. Really? I, I was so dumb, especially now sitting where I am <laughs> trying to find <laughs> am, ammo for teal season. I have so many fours, but I really want to save them for big duck. Yeah. Um, there was like. 10 boxes of heavy teal number fives at shields a couple months ago. Lost and out. I said, I should, I should buy as many of these as I can. I decided not to. And I haven't seen them. That was the, o- was the only time I've ever seen them in shields too. There's nothing ever at shields or not shields. I, mean, <coughs> I was thinking Cabela's, but you know. shields. Yeah. I think I saw them once when I was there, but other than that, I have never yeah. seen them. I've always wanted to use them because they're three inch number fives or number sixes and man three inch really do a punch yeah i i don't know that would really make that much of a difference to be honest it's just a few extra bbs honestly yeah at that point but yeah anything from four to six my dad and dad if you listen to this forgive me because i'm gonna expose you a little bit here he found like four boxes of seven deal mm. a couple of years ago yeah i have never chased so many cripples <laughs> in my life huh. than that year that he used those sevens huh. and every time he's like oh there's sevens i'm like no <laughs> but i will also say i never watched him kill more doubles and i think he had a triple than that mm. season because he got just a big spread and more bbs yeah but i mean if you want to i wouldn't say you should try and do that but it is a very normal thing in teal season. Yeah. I think I had four doubles last year. Yeah. Well, if you get them all packed together, booyah. Yeah. Well, I but, had one on opening day. I had two that, like, crossed at the last second. Uh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. There was one. Uh, yeah, I think there was a couple of years ago. I, was, I took Shay out on just, like, a random weekday, and it was teal season, and she had a new i just bought her new gun it was a mm-hmm. winchester sx4 i think yeah sx4 and like she was still pretty timid cause she'd used a, like a remington 870 20 gauge yeah and it took her out there and i'm like you gonna like you know like shoot these because they were sitting in the decoys and she's like well like uh she's like no i'm not ready i don't feel confident like do you want to shoot them at that point like I yelled at them, and they both got up, like, the same spot and just, poof, done. Yeah. Gone, so, now that was a good time. But, no, I uh, I think that shot size, six, fours, just, I think this year is going to be more of what you can find. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my buddy John, there was one year he was shooting twos, and, ah. Uh, a little big for me, but. No, it's very, I again, a lot of. Bad looking teal on the end of that deal. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> fours kind of shreds them. Fours is as small as I want to go. And honestly, if I had to go to threes or twos, 
I would probably actually, even though I don't like doing it, I'd probably go to an improved cylinder. That wouldn't be a bad idea. To open up the spread a little bit and just hope that maybe you got like one or two BBs that did the deal. Yeah. Hmm. To not, I mean, that's a good idea. You get deal and close anyways, so. Bye-bye, birdie. So that kind of covers it for shot size. Um, this one's probably the most important one for this, at least this talk, uh, getting to water sources. So here in Nebraska, we started out September 4th. We've had pretty uh, – uh, we've been in a somewhat drought here in eastern Nebraska. Western Nebraska has experienced a lot more than us. Uh, last year was very dry out where there were the rain basin on we normally hunt. Shh, it's a secret. Sweet rain basin. secret. Rain basin. <laughs> Rainwater basin. Uh, this year has been teetering because we've gotten a few good rains, but for the most part, it is going to be pretty dry. Seems like one week they say we're in a really bad drought, and then the next week we get like three inches of rain or something in yeah. certain areas. So it just teeters back and forth. I would just say, as a general, your water source when you're starting to scout is going to be your most important thing. Now, to help a new hunter uh, go on Nebraska Game of Parks, they usually have all the marshes listed, and then they also say what the what the water is like in in such. Um, Talk about water conditions, yeah. what they're going to pump, what they have pumped. So it tells you which ones they pumped. Uh, don't get discouraged if you go this week. Um, I'll probably post this like the week incoming to teal season, but uh, they only pump it a few days ahead of teal season just to conserve water and not have the state ag people mad at them. So they they kind of face that, yeah, that headache. But they, they usually pump them a few days before. Obviously, it's not great for the weekenders, but it is what it is. At least you know which, which marshes are going to be pumped. So you know which one's going to have water. The way that I normally do it is if they're going to be pumped normally, usually the weekend before, I usually make a whole route on all the marshes, make my notes, take pictures. Mm -hmm. That way I at least know what it looks like and I know what the vegetation looks like. Is it going to be exactly what it will look like once water's in it? No, but it gives me a good idea. Yeah, some years when they get it a week or two before season, when we have enough water, I like to go out the whole weekend and, I put your boots on. Yep. You got to go look for it because the thing is, is especially on those dry years, like marshes may be dry in the fact that there's no water, but a yep. marsh is always going to, for the most part, almost always going to be uh, moist enough that grass is going to grow. Yeah. And teal, I mean, they will sit in 10 inches of grass that has water at the bottom of it because they're such small birds. Yep. So if, 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 if whether you live in Nebraska or not, whatever information you're finding, if something's saying that there's water there or there should be water there, there is water there. You might just have to find it. Yeah. And that sucks sometimes, yeah. But at the same time, most of your people scouting, and yeah, I'm giving away great big huge secrets here, most of your people scouting are scouting from the road. Yeah. If you get out there and walk um, and you stumble across even like a 20 by 20 circle of water, but let's say you walk up to it and 100 teal bust out of that thing because, I mean, in that small of an area, teal will, teal will pack. I mean, ducks in general, they will pack a spot, yeah. especially if they want to be there. And those areas that are like a lot of dry that's where you get a lot of your millet and smart weed. Yeah. Because they like, especially Japanese millet, it prefers to start growing in moist soil, not in a couple inches of water. Yep. So, and I mean, I've seen fields of it, and you just got to get out there and find it. And if you can find it and even maybe break a little hole in it, oh, yeah. I so last year this is a good story. I think I talked to you about this. I'm not sure we did, but you might have forgot. There was a time where I went to a certain marsh and it said it had been pumped. I looked for probably an hour. I could not find where the water was. I followed the pump. I couldn't like even near the pump. There was no water, and so I just kind of started following. 
if you can't seem to figure out where the water is, figure out where incline and decline. So mm-hmm. more usually towards a marsh, if you get somewhere that doesn't have a lot of water and it says it's pumped, you know, find the find where the incline it goes down. Right, right. You're trying to find the valley because that's where the water is going to end up at mm-hmm. is the lowest part. So I'm walking around, walking around, walking around. And the hard part for that spot was, is it was green and everything was green. So I didn't really, I kept mud, like walking around mm-hmm. where the water was, but I couldn't find it because all the smart weed and algae on top. Finally, I walked up to it and there's like 60 or 80 teal busts out of it. Like no idea they're there. They're not making any noise. I had seen some teal like fly off and come back and like, before like when i was at the top of the hill but like i could not figure out where these deal were and actually so the funny part of the story i'm pretty sure i found that and i found another marsh with more teal in it so i hunted the other marsh and it turned out to be a total crapshoot and i'm almost sure that you hunted that same marsh like that weekend and did really well we could talk about it off air but i the damn teal yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that off air because we couldn't do that without naming things. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say Rain Basin, but I'll never name places that I hunt on a podcast. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Sorry to break your heart. But I'm already it giving is. you a lot of tips on... It is what it me. is. Yeah, exactly. Teal what it is. <laughs> so. so, big thing is just finding water sources. It doesn't have to be a lot. We've hunted puddles. I made it work. Just get out there and enjoy yourself because if you can find a puddle of water and some teal, more than likely you're going to kill a few teal. So, yeah. Uh, second one is food sources. I would say this is probably a secondary deal. They do love smart weed, they do love millet. Um, big one, really. And this kind of is all for all ducks is corn. Yeah. If you could find a flooded cornfield, like you can't even keep them out of it. You could sit there and shoot at them all day and they'd oh. still come back. Yeah. I've been in a hunt like that, and I, uh, ooh-wee, I gotta say. Matt, um, the other guy's Matt, last year he for teal season, he got on like four or five of those yep. flooded corn that were left over from the wet year before, yep. and they just murked them. I mean, <laughs> have you, uh, was it? It was a uh, freelance duck hunting last year. Oh, Came up and hunted with a yeah. dude, and like it was just. I don't think you probably experienced this, in, in, unless it's a certain area that happens all the time. Unless on wet years, this happens more more than does on drier years. But like there are certain areas that happens all the time. But we'll get into that too much. But like he he went with a guy in Nebraska that like was flooded in between the like two cornfields in a lower spot and like it was just incredible like yeah this kind of this talks to teal a little bit too is they like to they like to fly like flight lines kind of like dove do like they like to they like landing strips that's all like they really like to fly straight and land one of the places that uh, we've hunted over the years the way that the marsh is designed my dad always calls it the racetrack <laughs> because it kind of looks like there's a racetrack and it's a thing of weeds. And the waste, the racetrack is uh, your landing strip. I mean, and the birds literally would, I mean, they would run it like yeah. a racetrack. I mean, it, it was crazy because it would just, and you didn't see it until you were like, sitting at a certain point on the road and it yep. took me like three hunts for me to really see what he was talking about. And then I kind of just stood up on the bed of the truck and I was like, Oh wow. It does look like a racetrack. Yeah. But wow. They just, they love that. They just like a nice little corridor to fly. And that's, that's why I'm kind of excited about the old duck hunting club. <laughs> so I, I have listeners. I hunt private public, a little bit of both, but one of the spots too is, so last year for me, I struggled because teal season I did really well. Big duck season I struggled. And a lot of it was because I just, I struggled to find ducks because they jumped us. And we've talked about that in the past. Yeah, We got jumped. So one of the spots that really did really well was duck hunting club that I hunted a couple of years ago. And this year it was like, you know what? If it's going to be dry, if it's going to be wet, I'll hunt a lot of pri- or public. 
But if it's going to be dry, I can hunt there. So that way, I always win. <laughs> I usually I usually hunt public, but I'm already making a pretty uh, solid plan in my head that I'm probably going to have to knock on some doors this year. Yeah, to get some some of those quality hunts, and I've 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 made a few buddies and some. I've become friends with some people that have already given me some good farmers to knock on doors on doors for so can't beat it nope can't can't beat it with a stick nope so. you could but you just be hurting yourself yeah uh food sources millet corn smart weed i just focus on the water corridors i really just more than anything when you're out scouting just find teal and water source at that point you're gonna win um I think that really covers it. The only thing that I would say that I would kind of be worrisome about, and I wouldn't worry about this as much on like opening few days, but after you get at like I would say the second week of teal season, I've experienced this, is they get start they start getting wise and they'll start using the marsh as a roost at night, and then as soon as the sun comes up, they're just they're gone. I experienced that really bad for the first time this year. Last yeah. couple of years, honestly, I've been spoiled because of all the water that we had. Yep. It uh, hasn't been hard to kill teal. No. Um, but I experienced it this last year because we never got a good cold front during teal season. No. We had, I mean, we it pretty much was just straight through. We had one cold front right before opening weekend yep. that pushed a bunch of birds in. And then it just never really got cold again. Cold enough, no north winds. Nope. Um, and who knows, maybe I just missed the good days. But uh, actually, it was like hunting big duck season for that last weekend. Yep. I mean, all the birds got up in the morning and went to a different place to uh, loaf and feed. And yep. They just never came back. So I, I actually have is it two videos or one video. I think it's one video on my YouTube if you guys want to check it out. Uh, something about like I almost got skunked or something. So what happened was is I found these these teal in this marsh and there was like 150 of them. Just so excited about this. And so I hunted during the evening and uh, I'll back up a little bit. I found them. We hunted them in the morning. They all took off towards the roost. or to, they, they left there the roost. They went went somewhere else. I was like, you know what? You got me screwed. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna get you back. So I hunted during the evening thinking I can catch him coming on the way back to the roost. I kid you not. I was there for like two, three hours just waiting for him, nothing. So I did the worst. The worst thing you can do as a waterfowl hunter and not wait it out until sundown and like, I don't know, like 15 minutes before sundown, I started getting my stuff, walking up the hill, and here comes one group, like 10 or 20 of them. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I grab my gun and just like sit back on the corner of the weeds. Yeah. And just wait till they you like there was a big horde of probably like a hundred teal just come around and I jump up and I just there was two of them that are closer to me and get two and then like I think I tried it a third. I think I did end up killing a third one, but like they just Mother Pearl. Almost got me, but I got him back. I got him back. So yeah, just be careful if you're getting that situation and just be uh, you probably won't experience opening weekend, but you might run into it the second weekend. But that's something everybody ran into pretty much the rest of duck season. So if it starts to happen, then, well, good luck, because all of us didn't enjoy it. So, Like I said, I had a great October this last year. <laughs> Apparently I was the only one. Hey, guys, just remember that, <laughs> you know, just don't let Jeremy tell you that, you know, one weekend I <laughs> saved his life, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. No, Hunter <laughs> did put me on birds one weekend. I'll give him uh, that. Boy, that was a fun weekend, it honestly. Was, oh, yeah, it was a good weekend. I struggled after that, so thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> no, I had a pretty good season on the private land spot, the pond that we hunted. And then, I don't know, I, I really try. I would say I tried a lot of just different styles hunting, just trying to knock it out of the box, trying to do something different because I just struggled. I think the big thing was is I went back to my roots, essentially. The old reservoir hunting. Yeah, I've never done it. So. Right. Well, you're gonna do it this year. <laughs> I can promise you that it's gonna happen. So, listeners, he promised me a reservoir hunt. He promised me like 
five banded geese. I don't know about five, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can get you on one. I <laughs> he promised it. He promised. Uh, just to finish up with the teal thing, I this is just a big a big winner. Um, talking about decoys and spinners. Decoys aren't really that big a deal. You can buy garage uh, garage crap decoys. You could paint a rock red. I mean, or I've black. seen it. down in the south they just paint jugs black. It, if it floats and yeah. it'll do the job. Now here's the big winner. You can have crap decoys. That's fine. But what you really need is spinners. It doesn't oh. matter if it's dove, teal, mallard. It just needs to spin and gets her attention. I love it. They try to knock that thing over. It's like they hate it. I don't know. I, don't I get it. it. All uh, during the rest of duck season. Once big duck season starts, you got like two weekends of good quality spinner use. Yep. But then it's like unless you're in the fields, spinners are useless. But yeah, for no. teal, oh, something about them. They just. And it doesn't matter whether you have one or if you have twelve. It doesn't matter if they're mallard or I used to have a green wing teal. Yeah. Or even I mean, I've seen people use dove. Yep. I mean flapping wing machine in air. <laughs> they just uh, love them. I don't get it, but I don't I just don't get it. But man, watching thirty of them just bombard that thing. That's the other thing. If you've got spinners, when the teal do it. Make sure you don't shoot your spinners. <laughs> yeah. There's actually some holes in my oh, yeah. a wing of oh, mine. Cause God, hell, it's all over mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a... I, uh, this was for Big Duck, but I don't let my buddy forget about it. Um, I got one of those like little butt ripplers. Yeah. For my birthday always lands around opening day of Big Duck. My parents got that for my birthday. We went out on opening day, and it just got smoked and i didn't see it and uh, i go over to it and i'm like blank 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 somebody shot my brand new <laughs> so watch uh, a decoy is <laughs> it's it's honestly like the worst thing when you like so there was time i was teal hunting and i had a pintail out and like there's two that like <laughs> to the land and i was like dude at least yell at it so don't shoot my decoy because he was right in line and next thing you know, he just picked up and just shot both of them on the water and you could see it kind of, i couldn't tell if it hit my pintail decoy yeah but the worst thing is like walking around and like looking down especially one of the shallow water marshes you like clear water because they just pumped it and looking down you just see one just like in the bottom <laughs> yeah. and you just know like no man. It's that's not very fun. Yeah. At least I got the weight off. That's the worst when you lose like not only the decoy and the weight because they just disappear. Yeah. So at least I got the weight off it. But no, the, the agitator. I've been thinking about buying the one that shoots at shoots the water. Oh, out the, of the butt, butt squirter. But I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna buy it until Big Duck. But I've heard. I've heard. It. The one. The one big use that I would want it for is. Um like out at that duck club because it's just a, more of a pump pond style. Yeah. I think it'd be super helpful to have a couple of those that like move the water around a lot. I'm going to, if I can, you know, find enough cash in between all these trips, I'd like to get a few more motion, like on top of the water motion. Yeah. Because even if like I could get like six or seven of the, cause I have three or four right now and then a jerk rig. Yeah. And you get that kind of motion with like a dozen decoys. Yep. Money. You'd think. You'd uh, think. But I I kinda kinda went away from motion for a little bit and I started struggling during Big Duck and I went back to it this last year. Yeah. And it really started to prove itself again. Hmm. I'll have to keep that in mind. But uh speaking of spinners. I, my wife asked me this during, it was a couple episodes back. It's called the hot seat. And she asked me like, if you could hunt anywhere at like any time period, what would you do? And I said Canada with my dad, but like, there's another time, time frame I would love to like hunt. It's like nine, like late nineties, Arkansas, mm -hmm. when the spinners just came out. Cause like they talk about being able to put a spinner out in like in the middle of the road and being able to get mallards to land on them. Like, yeah. just incredible things like that. So, like, 
it would just be so incredible to hunt if that time period when spinners just came out. I have always I I've I've thought that too actually, and you know I there are plenty of stories, but I mean I always laugh at Phil Robertson because he despises stuff like that. Like he's very <laughs> natural in his duck spreads. Yeah, and so it's like hard to get him to try anything. Yeah, and the first time that he he tried it when they when he finally got his hands on one, he I mean. For like the better part of a decade, he didn't hunt without them. Yeah, because they just worked that well for so, and and they worked that well for so long. I mean, they came out in the early nineties. Yep. I, yeah, sometime in that period, you're talking thirty years of pretty much everybody using them. Yeah, especially in the last fifteen, there's not a single duck spread that doesn't have spinners at some point throughout the year. Yep. You know, you've got one or two. If, if you got six buddies in a group, one or two of those guys is going to have one. And now they sell them in, like, multi-pack. Like, if you get Lucky Duck, you can get that pair. Yep. And um, so people use them like crazy. Yep. And they still work for about two weeks-ish. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have good success, obviously, all the way through teal season, as we were saying. And then I have – I tend to do really well with them over – uh, opening weekend. Um, now I might be a little skewed cause you still shoot a lot of teal. Yeah. And maybe that's why it feels like it's so successful. My question to you about this next year is because the breeding population, mm-hmm. like they didn't breed as well this year, which yes. means most majority of the ducks or more of the ducks that you're going to see this year are going to be at least a year or two old. You probably watched that Delta waterfowl video, didn't you? Yeah. Competitive edge. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it. it's just one of those things that, you know, just something to think about. Yeah, actually, that's a valid point. I mean, I think it would still, I think it would work fine opening day or opening weekend for sure because even even if those ducks are two years old, they haven't seen anything for six months. Yeah. So they're probably going to be fine. But if you're starting to have a little bit of issues, maybe maybe you just think about that. What I really want, especially for big duck, because I watched a video, I don't remember who it was, but somebody made a really fantastic point about the spinners, and that was that the problem is, and, you know, even if you have the remote for them, ducks don't just sit and hover for that long in one spot. They're kind of constantly moving, and, like, they're not just going to sit there and hover for minutes upon time. And I have always wanted one, but never pulled the trigger on it. But I want one of the decoys that floats and the wings just spin periodically, but it kicks up water. Yep. And it just gives that little flash like a, you know, a duck spreading its wings. Yeah. It's really natural looking for that kind of situation. And, I don't know, I've just never spent the money on one. But with when I heard that, yep. I was like, that makes total sense, especially over water. I mean, I still think that spinning wing decoys or mojos or lucky ducks, whatever you want to call them, spinners, uh, have their place. I mean, I don't do a whole lot of field hunting, but you can still kill them over or kill ducks over spinners in a field. Oh, yeah. I will say that. That's about the one place that it seems like they still work like they did in the nineties. Sometimes, but for the, I would say for the most part, the the problem is is that you can't kill them without it, or you're probably not going to unless yeah. they really want to be there. Now, majority of the time, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to use spinners. Cause yeah, we had a couple field hunts last year. We, One's on the YouTube. If you guys want to check it out, make sure to hit subscribe. But <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, one evening hunt. Yeah, we killed, I think, five or six of them on a field hunt. It was crazy on that field hunt. Crazy enough. We had, they didn't come, they showed up and they didn't get close enough to shooting range. But after we were picking up, they kept landing in the decoys. Guess what kind of duck they kept landing? You, you probably wouldn't think of it, but. In a field? Yep. I feel like the way you're saying it, it's, it's got to be some kind of diver almost. 
Could be. Ah, make, your, make your guess. It's not a diver. I'll give you that. It's a dabbler. I think the crazy one that always shocks me that when I see it is, uh, in videos, because I've actually I've never had a good field hunt, um, is probably a wood duck or something like that. Really? Yeah. It was a, uh, there's like two or three pairs of wood ducks yeah. kept landing. I'd never seen wood ducks out in the field. Like I've seen widgeon and pintails, but I've never seen wood ducks. I, there's a crazy video by uh, Smack 'Em Outdoors. They're up in North Dakota, and they had one hunt which they shot. I mean, there was like eight of them, and between everything they shot, they shot over a hundred birds or something like that because they shot snows, Canada's specks, and then a limited ducks for yep. the whole group. And they shot like twelve wood ducks or something like that. They just had them like crazy. That's crazy. And I, yeah, I, I, I hardly ever see wood ducks as it is. Yeah, but most I see wood ducks is during TLC. Yeah, and then they all disappear yeah. at some point, but. All right, guys, I think that wraps up teal tips. Uh, just be safe. Go find a puddle of water, put your spinner in it, and have a good time. Yeah. Um, just opening to teal season just gets a skiddy. And uh, make sure to get out there. The more work put in, the more you're going to get out to get out of it. So go out, enjoy yourself, have a good time. So, All right, guys, appreciate you guys listening to this. Make sure to rate and review us. Make sure to follow all the Big Red Hunter stuff, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Looking forward to doing some more YouTube videos. And then uh, jump on over to Huntfish365 with Jeremy's stuff. And don't make sure to, make sure not to miss out on his teal hunts for the year. So, all right, guys. Talk to you later.